0: back to a brand new episode of red wine brown brought to you by dc's ally first thing i'll say my voice is a little hoarse because it was a very big weekend for me as a kansas city native for those of you that don't know here in the united states we have a lovely event called the super bowl where the best two teams in the nfl come together and play for the champion title of the nfl And one of those teams was the Kansas City Chiefs, led by Patrick Mahomes. And what can I say? We won in the very last few minutes via field goal. The score was 38-35 Kansas City Chiefs against the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm very proud. You can hear it in my voice. But you know what? Look, I'm here with mirror today. We got a good list for you guys because even though the Super Bowl was here on Sunday, we still watch plenty of movies and shows. So... With that said, I'm not Yes, and well. you
1: know, you know what the what the whole idea of Super Bowl is. My my favorite two things in Super Bowl are the Super Bowl ads yeah. and of course, <laughs> uh the halftime show. And this time the halftime That's show was none other than the badass woman Rihanna. And I thought, yeah. what did you think about her show, Michael?
0: The Rihanna halftime show. I personally really enjoyed I'll tell you for a couple of reasons. There's some people that said it was just kind of okay, but I actually personally disagree. One, I think the choreograph in this show and the ultimate, like, I would say stage setup was very different and much better than in years past. For those of you that didn't watch it, there were points in which Rihanna was hoisted up to about 200 feet in the air um, on a single platform. And you could watch and, and this And you know why that why wobble. that
1: was? You know why that was? Why was that? Um, because was of the it? grass. They
0: didn't want to spoil the grass. Mm. So, nonetheless, that was a big stunt that was pulled off there, as well as that the choreograph um, that was involved with the show was just top notch, absolutely top notch. I actually had a family member involved um, with the choreograph, so was rooting rooting (laughs) for my for my cousin over there. But you know, also too, I'm just a big Rihanna fan. Her music's great. And one thing I did think it was missing though was a was like a co-star. It was just Rihanna for the halftime show, which is often you, weird. You don't um,
1: need anybody when Rihanna's but, around. I am a big believer in that badass woman, and you know she sure. always breaks breaks records. And over here as well, of course, she's probably the only pregnant woman. Um, entertainer for uh, halftime um, that's big and you know yeah. I, I actually posted on our social and there's an entire snippet of her interview just before Super Bowl and they, they asked her how was it coming back to states she, she had not performed in six years and yeah. she'd undergone a really bad postpartum with her first baby and now she's pregnant with another and she performed like a badass so you know just gets to tell goes to tell you that for women there are 50 things happening in their life but the show goes on
0: and right? nonetheless the show here will be going on because we're starting off with our very first review here we're gonna be talking about um one that came out on amazon prime we're talking about farzi M, take it away here what's farzi what was it about how did you like
1: Oh, Farsi. Farsi means uh, fake and uh, and fakes as such, because the show, uh, when released in North America, is called Fakes. And it is released in English, by the way. It's dubbed yep. in English with original voices from the actors. So so yeah, it's fun. Uh, the only thing was they use, you know, the splattering of Hindi words in between, especially, uh, you know, abuses. <laughs> so that goes Yeah. That got me laughing a little bit because it was like very Indian English. And then, you know, the way it's spoken very colloquial and then this flattering of um, of of uh, hindi hindi abuses but this is writer director producers raj nedi Moro and krishna dk and they're back with another series and believe it or not there's another series by the same very guys on amazon prime and it's called the family man it's one of my favorite shows uh, it has had two seasons already. I'm waiting for the third season, it's coming soon. And it has Manoj Bajpai as a very funny agent. He's, he's a spy and it's yeah. his story and his family story. So there are a lot of intersections between the characters in the family man and the characters here. And, uh, and you know, uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed parts of it. It's a little bit long for, you know, eight episodes of uh, for 50, 50 minutes to an hour. Or so, and uh, what was really the uh, the top-notch sale point of this entire series um, was Shahid Kapoor and his web debut, along with the web debut of South Indian superstar. Um, his name is Vijay Setupati. So between Vijay Setupati and Shahid Kapoor, this was a multi-star. This is this was big. And, um, and and I, I thought they had a lot of potential, but, 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 let's get to the review. Um, it is a get rich or die plot. Um, Shahid Kapoor is an artist called Sunny and he creates really good fakes. So he actually creates these fakes and sells them for money. And that's how he earns. And he lives with his grandfather who runs a printing press. And a childhood friend that he'd met when he was lost, his, his father committed suicide in front of his eyes by jumping off a train. And at the train station when he got off, he met a guy who actually helped him survive for a few days till his grandfather found him. And now um, he comes up with this fabulous idea. They, they take at least two, two episodes trying to establish the ultimate need for him to be sure. to be printing money instead of in the printing press instead of magazines or or instead of you know doing his fake art um, so they establish a motive and that is a long, longish motive and you, know, you can get bored and you can stop watching. So the hook comes really late and the establishment of all of this takes a lot of time it you know it's, yeah. it's not like these two um, writers, directors, producers because they're pretty slick in the production quality. Anyway, um, so he decides that he's going to use his grandfather's printing press to churn out counterfeit banknotes, and he he's he, he's an artist, so he's a, he, he he his eye is very sharp in actually figuring out stuff. And his friend, who has learned the chops of the printing business, knows how to get the glaze right, how to get the paper right, how to get the the uh, the, the tint right, how to get the feel of the the, the 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 notes right and they are so good that they are able to escape detection from a new technology that the cops are using to track counterfeits so um then this catches the attention of an unsmiling anti fraud specialist his name is michael uh vedanayagam and he uh is he's interested in this because this is his domain and then another lady who's a rbi forensics rbi's reserve bank of india forensics expert she's played by rashi khanna and rashi khanna also finds the same notes and now they have a big problem if these notes that are undetectable they're so good they're totally undetectable get flooded into the market what are they going to do and their whole idea is okay, let's catch the people counterfeiting it. But the, but Michael is like, no, we need to catch the big pin because for even the smaller counterfeiters to reach the bigger market, they have to go to the distribution network of a big pin. And that big pin is none other than the delightful KK Men. And I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely love this actor. And he's done such a fabulous job of this crazy, eccentric kingpin who's the who's who's the ace of a counterfeiting business uh, sitting out sure. of Nepal so this gives you a lot of was a movie that Shad Kapoor did with Anushka Sharma it was a really 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 cool cool movie where they kind of swindle swindle the law they figure out a loophole in the law until the government realizes that's a loophole they make a lot of money so um, it's this, it, it gives me the same vibes to start start over, but it's not as breezy as that movie was because that movie was amazing, and this isn't breezy because of the process of dialogues, the process of back and forth between all the characters. And I have to tell you, the actors are phenomenal. However, um, where we get stuck is the time that it takes to establish itself, and the time for for them to establish the motive and the continuation of the motive. It, It seemed that it was very important for the makers to establish that Sonny is definitely a good guy, but his circumstances are forcing him to do that. And I didn't think that was needed. I mean, nobody's judging him. We are fine with him being a swindler because we absolutely love the character. So um, Michael has a frenemy equation with a minister are very excellently played by Zagar Hussein. And then less predictable is his work relationship with Rashi because uh, they they are, you know, they're after the same thing, but the way of working is different. But yeah, it's extremely refreshing to see a woman character in different contexts over the course of this series of, with Megha um, being, being, you know, a different person at home and speaking up at her workplace and she's dating and she's dealing with cranky landlords. And, you know, she has she has she has a lot to do. She's not just a figure over there who's just yeah there because women needed representation. And I thought that was amazing. The second thing that I really, really liked uh, was Amol Pollocker. He's back after a long gap back on screen and he plays Sonny's grandfather and his entire you know character is sweet and he's the main trigger why Sonny gets into all of this because he needs to he need, they, they can't give him a shock that his his idea of the newspaper isn't working so ever since Sonny's a kid he's been literally putting his own pocket money back into his grandfather's coffers because he thinks his grandfather will be shocked if he if, if his idea of bringing revolution to the country doesn't work so really cute things over there, little things, but but then again, as I said, uh, two sta- two episodes to establish uh, just what the right paper to do counterfeiting is—that was kind of long. Three episodes to assemble the dark task force that actually tracks down counterfeits. You did not need. You could have done all this in four episodes in a mini series, and this would have been a slick series. Um, and too many flashbacks. Again, I hate those going back, back and forth. And, you know, it, it just didn't work with me that way. Well, the story, despite being circuitous, and um, it brings the elements and the main characters on speed in the later episodes. The English dubbing, as I said, is very Indian, um, can become a little confusing for non Indian speakers because of the accent, as well as, of course, you know, splattering of Hindi words that do not have a relative um, trans- transliteration. Um, it just leave the door open for second season, and we keep wondering if uh, they haven't, I don't know what the story in the second season is going to be because it was super elastic in first season, um, and we wish that it had concluded in four or five episodes, but yes, you got eight episodes with almost an hour each, so enjoy.
0: It's right there. And one thing I will say is on the topic of movies going back and forth, you'll be seeing a little bit of that here soon, and we just got done reviewing Farzi, which was on Amazon Prime. I recommend you go give that a watch. We're going to be shifting to one that came out into the theaters recently. That's right, we, we're we in the theaters every week. You know, we like to see kind of what's happening, what's hitting, what's not. Today, we're talking about a movie that came out called Shiv Shastri Balboa. It came out in the theater, so highly recommend that you know, if you don't really believe our take or if you want to see the movie for yourself, go to the theaters, get those popping. We have M here, you know, talking about a little bit about what this film is, what it's about. M, take it away here.
1: Take
0: a guess, uh, Michael Balboa. Take a guess. I have to guess this one was pretty hectic.
1: Balboa, Rocky.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: So this, this it's, reminds,
0: it's... if I if I'm looking just purely off the title, I think this is going to be another lagoon, which I gave that a very thorough review when we reviewed that boxing remake. So let's hear it here. What no, what 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 possibly not not a brought
1: not a remake again, but Balboa, yes, it is an absolute, uh, it was a bender for me because I wasn't expecting a lot. It, I thought it would be a la- lot like what, because I went with really high expectations for a Nina Gupta, Sanjay Mishra movie. And um, I got there and I just didn't have fun watching it. So I wasn't expecting a lot. But when you go and watch this movie, it surprises you in a very non-melodramatic way because it lays okay. out its message. It lays out its story in a very fun manner. So it is indeed a sheer delight to be watching um, veteran actors like Anupam Kerr and Nina Gupta uh, on screen. And it's a very simplistic film. Uh, it's called Sri Balboa, and it is super engaging. Um, it's a comedy to start with, but it does touch upon various topics. Um, and, and then it gets you thinking about life in general. It does. Uh, it's written and directed by Ajayan Venugopalan, and it is—it's it, not really funny, as in rip tickling. There's no, you know, one-liner humor that you'll go, you know, holding your holding your and laughing about. But it—it uh, um, it gives you a really uh, fun way to get a message across. It, but not as a, as a comedy, but as a as a light you know, uh, lighthearted movie. All right, let me just put it that way. Um, at some point, in time you feel that. The film might give you a commentary, but uh, it just remains light. And you know, commentary would have really, really spoiled the entire feel of the movie. The story is about a man called Shiv Shankar Shastri, and he has a he's a diehard fan of Rocky. That starts the West is as a boxer, Rocky Balboa. So he calls himself Shiv Shankar Balboa. He's not a boxer though, but he's trained several boxers um, who have bought laurels for India. Now he's a retiree and he has moved to the US to live with his son, Rahul, who is played by Jugal Hansraj. Uh, guys, remember the child artist Jugal Hansraj, who now lives in New York. So, um, Jugal Hansraj and his wife, and two sons, and a dog named Rocky. Casper.
0: Casper. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs>
1: Okay, so
0: that for so those that Peter, don't know, that is our lovely M's you know name of her dog as yeah, well. He's he, I hear, he's, I hear, a, he's I hear the daisy, by, a,
1: daisy, daisy don't lie pet. He's, he's
0: exactly
1: Casper. So um while he's slowly getting accustomed to uh, to living in, in in a in a big city and uh, living not in India, um his pets cross with a woman called Elsa Zacharia, and that's played by Lina Gupta. And while talking to her, he promises her that he will send her back to India because she's been uh, a maid with a family on the East Coast and those people are not giving back her papers for her to leave. They have completely kind of enslaved her to live with them because they need maid support. I don't know if that's even legal in in America, but yeah, for some reason, that's the plot. Now, as fate would edit um, and and have it, they, they end up, on an an unexpected road trip where she loses her passport and they have to kind of stick around till she gets a new passport from the Indian embassy. And they, um, they are in, they they have to travel on by road through the American heartland. And that is an amazing journey for these two Indian older people. So, and not only is it a journey for, for them to realize love for themselves, as in not between them, but Loving themselves or respecting themselves and sure. a lot of self respect, but they also start rediscovering themselves. So along the journey, they also made um, a guy called Cinnamon Singh who runs a convenience store at a at a gas station, and and a woman called Sia. It's played by Nargis Fakhri, by the way. Guys, Nargis Fakhri looks so different here; you will not imagine that she's the same woman. But um, they helped them reach their destination, but things um go really downhill because Elsa becomes wanted by law and she lands behind bars and then it's the entire story of how Shas has to pull all strings he possibly can to set of free and also realize his own dream and what you know what he wants and self re- realize his own his, his own um, you know inner inner person so um yeah. you know interestingly um, um, he's there are these you know scenes where he starts working at the at the gas station. He starts helping Cinnamon uh, Singh do his thing, and he also joins a you know ga- an entire gang of Harley Davidson. Tattooed, tattoo tattooed guys and bites
0: yeah. so
1: he does all the things that he wants to do and he just keeps it flowing and I absolutely loved underroom Kher in the, the this role because it wasn't over dramatized it wasn't overtly melodramatic it was, it, they kept it light and it was not sermonizing so I absolutely love the fact that there's no sermon associated with it um and and you know he's love he loves it and when he's with his grandson you know, narrating to them the story of Rocky, Um, they are uh he's surprised that uh, they never got to watch the movie with his son so he leaves no opportunity to narrate the courageous story of rocky to his grandsons or strangers wherever he goes he's he's so rockied out that he just keeps repeating that story so i thought i loved loved it um you know um those parts of it. And then, you know, he's afraid of dogs. And there's this entire relationship that grows between him, who's afraid of dogs, and Casper, <laughs> the dog. Yeah. And I thought I thought that was, those were the most amazing, lovable moments of the movie. Uh it was a total, total delight to watch these two amazing actors uh, pop up and screen. And the dog had its own pot um, bubbles too. So it was, it was really cutely done. I thought it was really well. Well made. It was 132 minutes, and it's different parts, but then it re- resumes really quickly. Um, uh,
0: how was the theater experience like?
1: No one there. It was just oh, me. Wow. And it was, it was probably in two theaters uh, in the Bay. I was um, in um, in Fremont two theaters yep. that area. So that's it. Um, it was. It's very simple. It's it. It shows joys in little parts, but it also gives an overreaching message that there's no age in anybody's life Uh, age is not age is not a overwhelming overwhelmingly um, big barrier when you know what you want in life and we should stop gauging people's age and things they do together because you can do anything that you want at any age it's entirely up to that person so uh yeah I I absolutely loved it um you know um I loved the biker gang scenes and everything. So uh, a very watchable movie. It was a big surprise. Loved it.
0: And we're moving on to a movie called Veda. Now, Veda is actually a movie in Kannada, which is a very old language from what I understand. This is a region in southwestern India. Um, I'm actually not familiar with uh, these types of movies.
1: Kannada. 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 Because of the double N. So it's Kannada. Kannada. And yes, it's a language
0: spoken in Bangalore. Exactly. And this is actually one of my first movies um, of this language. And like I said, we're talking about Veda. Now, Veda is a very interesting crime type of movie. It's one of those classic, like cat and mouse um, investigation styles, but it also has this like non-linear style where it goes back in time, you know, it kind of shows the two characters off, kind of comes back into the present day, shows how that relates. But let me just get right into it. So Veda revolves around a killing spree um, that between a father and daughter. So the, this father and daughter duo, father being named Veda and his daughter Kanaka, have essentially just you know gotten released from prison. They're going village to village looking for their next um, targets. They're being chased by a police investigator named Rama. And throughout this entire movie, as I said, we're going back and forth from the 1960s to the 1980s. And ultimately exploring the past that turned Veda into this you know, like hate-filled, um, you know, murder along with his father, or sorry, along with his daughter and their current quest for vengeance. They talk about vengeance a lot in this movie and how they must, you know, kind of make right, you know, what was wrong to them. What was, what exactly happened back then? Well, that's what this movie, you know, kind of gets, gets you to, uh, you know, edge on a little bit. So Vader is played by, and, Please, uh, you know, correct the pronunciation here, but uh, Shivra Kum, Shivraj Kumar, who gave, I thought, a very good performance. Um, but there's also, you know, a big female cast here, too many to name. Um, but one of those includes Maheshwari and uh, Ganamay Laxman. And one thing this film really takes seriously is it takes a lot of seriousness into the topic of child abuse and harassment um, faced by women on a daily basis one thing you don't really see a whole lot, um, you know, in the Bollywood scene, or if they do, they don't do it with, I would say, enough intent to, you know, make it be a serious matter um, that should be talked about. What, how they do this is when they go back into the 1960s, 1980s, you know, they show a lot of things that happened back then to Veda's daughter um, that ultimately kind of led him to break bad or go off the edge, right, and explores these topics kind uh, in a pretty graphic manner, I would say, too. There are some scenes that are um, uncomfortable to watch, especially whenever you're talking about um, child abuse. You know, at the same time, a lot of movies aren't really talking about, you know, just daily harassment things that are faced um, by women. But I think this movie did um, a very good job to kind of address that social commentary by having, you know, some of those elements in it, but also having a very good um, female cast in that. You know, one thing I think this film was a little weird you know we talked about earlier how like when it goes back and forth the present day to the past it can often feel a little choppy um I did feel that there were some times when they went back into like the 1960s it was often for you know like little cheesy things if it wasn't you know if it wasn't something serious you know relating to their past often you know it would be a little cheesy um but you know Veda is just a very good character, like he's very calm, but can like just instantly snap whenever uh, is needed or whatever he's, you know, um, trying to kill his next victim. I do think the relationship between um, the cop Rama who is, you know, chasing uh, Veda and his daughter is very interesting because he gets very close. There's these scenes where, you know, it almost looks like he's about to catch the two of them when all of a sudden they're in a whole nother village, right? Like they're just gone. And then as well as that, the female cast, all the women in the film were doing very good jobs, very um, dramatic acting as well in a very good way, because um, as I said, this film does talk about um, some serious, you know, untouched topics. And yeah, you know, I'm going to let you guys kind of, you know, hear the rest of the story here for yourselves. You know, you're basically um, trying to figure out what what this one incident in Veda's life was that led him to really go off the edge. Um, whenever it goes back in time, it leads you, you know, peacefully, you know, piece by piece all the way until the end of the film as to what happened. And when the end of the film comes, you might actually feel a little bit of remorse for Veda and Hazar. You might actually, you know, understand uh, kind of what they're going through. Um, and also too, like Veda and Kanaka are trying to get like their ultimate revenge, trying to get vengeance. So you'll find out, you know, what exactly that is and how it loops into the story how it loops into harassment of women and child abuse at the end of the movie. So I'll leave that to you guys. We got a couple more reviews here. You know, we're just going to give you kind of the rapid fire review of some really good hits that are coming out um, that we thought we should definitely include in this. This first one we're talking about is Everything Everywhere All at Once. We'll let N talk about this Mad versus of Insanity. You know, and what, what was this one about? So uh, I have to tell you, I went watching
1: to watch this movie with really high expectations it is by the by the way streaming on showtime and you can pick it up if you have a showtime subscription on prime video it is right there uh i absolutely loved it you know how much yeah. i love skyfi you know how much we do skyfi in real life at work and this is just all my dreams come true all at one place where this lady is jumping versus and you know yeah. what we talk about interoperability she's Highly interoperable. Yeah. So, um, it, this this movie is um, is is directed and written by uh, two gentlemen called Daniel shinet and Daniel Kwan, and they're collectively and fittingly known as the Daniels. And uh, it's uh it's it's just crazy. I remember the debut movie was a Swiss Army Man, and in that movie, uh, there's Paul Dano and he had a corpse friend, he had a, he's a dead person who had, who was his friend, played by Daniel Rad, Radcliffe, by the way, and they shoot out of the river, propelled by the power of Manny's thoughts.
0: All right. Yeah. and as
1: they fly through the air, they sing a song to each other that goes, you have to remember that we're all here for a purpose, and the universe picks its time, everything, everywhere matters to everything, and yeah. I guess they took that specific thing everything everywhere matters to everything and then they must have worked on this script this crazy script and by the way guys if you do not know everything everywhere all at once received um uh, already received so many industry awards it received a motion picture academy awards as well but it's also nominated for around 11 categories at the oscars so wait for it it this movie is just phenomenal now uh I want to tell you at the at the base of it, the story is about a woman called Evelyn who runs a laundromat and she's got taxes, you know, her life between taxes, IRS and other stuff. And she's, yeah. uh, she's she just, uh, this might be as Evelyn Wong, Michelle used maybe her best performance ever. And uh, she, she has a very overtly optimistic husband, Waymond, who's uh, was equally fit, fantastic he's um he's Kehu Kwon and remember him from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom same guy yep. so these two just live a normal life and then then this craziness starts they trying to fend off an Irish auditor called Deirdre Buberda and that's played by Jamie Lee Curtis she is crazy she's she is fringe crazy and she accuses the couple of tax fraud. And over the year, apparently, if Evelyn loves musical romances on television. And, you know, you see a Sunita Mani in a sari dancing on television. And Evelyn absolutely loves her. And she's harbored dreams of being everything from a singer or a novelist to a therapist. And she's taken all of these businesses as, as uh, you know, whatever she spent on all these businesses as deductions from her laundromat business. So, uh, so IRS is at her doorsteps, and they have to go to IRS uh, officer, or she's an auditor, play like Jamie Lee Curtis, and they have to convince her that they can redo the taxes, and, and the officer gives them a few hours to redo it. Now, her husband tells her that, okay, the only way to escape is that if you if you literally start understanding that you're here because you are in this role here, and if you start jumping versus to your other roles where you could be a Pixar character or you could be a Kung Fu master, then you won't have to go to jail here. So that entire craziness of the plot where they had to find a pivot to literally jump out of verse jump, well, jump out one verse to another and do this multiverse journey is just crazy. It's just crazy. And then there's a daughter played uh, Joy, played by Stephanie Su. And the visiting father from China has played Gong Gong. His name is Gong Gong. It's played by James Hong. And she's scared of telling her father that her daughter is is gay. And so there's this entire story going on about her daughter who thinks that, you know, my mother doesn't stand it for me and my sexuality while the father is just sitting there and all he wants is breakfast the entire time. So um uh, so Evelyn's life changes when a version of another version of Wayman tells Evelyn that she is just one of many Evelyn's and what she needs to do is that she has the power to defeat a very par- powerful woman, a, a villain called Jobu Tupaki. And it seems Jobu Tupaki is actually their daughter, in another verse. So <laughs> that entire story just becomes crazy. It is it's It's truly ridiculous. It has a barrage of possibilities and multiverse jumping and anything that you can imagine. The Daniels have bought it out and thrown into this movie. It's called Everything Everywhere All at Once for a Reason. It's a bombardment of hot dog fingers, googly eyes all over. There's, uh, uh, there's a Wonker wife, homages. There's fanny packs, which they put, put, put pebbles into fanny packs and do the kung fu. And uh, this incredibly strong pinky fingers, the talking rocks, the nine days song, the raccoons. Uh, There's a guy who plays Santa Claus in I Think You Should Leave and then the iris awards which are in the shape of rectal plugs, basically so so it is so much that happens in this movie that it's amazing that it didn't really blow your mind but it really blows your mind in a very good way because it's so beautifully crammed together that it is an absurd mess but yet it is beautifully put together and then in the whole thing you know it's just like somebody thought of things and no restraints no stops no ideas too wild that it's not a possibility. So whatever is possible, they've literally put that all into this movie. It's but but beyond the you know the mess that it shows at, at the front of it, there is an extremely touching story about the paths that we take in, in our lives and the, path, the paths we didn't take and how it leads us to exactly where we need to be. And in 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 a, in a very big way, it's very karmic. And given that the Daniels are the guys who make made a guy's friendship with a dead body, a truly moving story. Uh, this movie has exhilarating possibilities. I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely loved it. A performances by Yu, Kwon, Su are brilliant. With so many versions of all these characters running around in the multiverse madness, how they're able to meet the challenge that the Daniels have thrown to them, um, it's just phenomenal. Loved it. Must watch.
0: And with that, we're going to move into another review. We're going to be talking about um, a movie that came out on Netflix. This brings back to what I would call really big name actor-actress uh, combo, which everyone's probably heard of before. If you've ever seen a movie here in the U.S., even if you haven't, you might still recognize these names. We're talking about Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon coming together for a rom-com on Netflix called Your Place or Mine. Now, Your Place or Mine is... It's a little bit of an interesting rom-com because if you're ever here in the U.S., you'll hear people talk about how West Coast is this way, East Coast is that way, and there's all these you know cultural differences with where you're placed within the U.S. You know, California. But cultural
1: differences re- are true, don't you think so? You lived everywhere, you tell me.
0: You know, I, I can see some definite differences between West Coast and the Midwest. East Coast, I'm pretty unfamiliar with. But I will say there is this laid back nature of California, you know, versus um, the East Coast. East Coast has a very, what I would call traditional way of, you know, living every, in California. Doing everything is, in
1: black and white.
0: <laughs> exactly. And California is just do whatever you want. So we see a lot of that here in this in this film, Your Place or Mine, because the two you know people of love interest here ashton kutcher and reese witherspoon reese witherspoon her character lives in la she's kind of you know the hippie type you know free-spirited type and ashton kutcher lives this life in new york where you know he's kind of on the opposite and he's very you know business attire you know i wouldn't say preppy but lives in a manhattan flat you know he's that kind of guy he's not the la you know free-spirited type The movie talks about, you know, how these two talk to each other every day, you know, despite being on the opposite side of the country, they had a one night stand 20 years ago, It keeps kind of popping in here and there, you know, little remnants of how that came to be and who they were then, but they're never really in the same frame for most of the movie. What this movie is very different compared to most, you know, types of rom-coms is, they're not together for most of it as i just said in fact the whole premise of this movie is that um Debbie who is played by Reese Witherspoon needs to be in Manhattan for a week but she her backup child sitter bails on her and she needs someone to watch her kid well not her friend peter who is played by Ashton Kutcher you no know, her fr- he volunteers to play the mom for the week and actually allows Reese Witherspoon's character Debbie to go stay in his flat while she does what she needs to do in Manhattan. So they swap locations. He goes, watches over the sky. He's never really met. And I mean, it's, it's just interesting to see their dynamic because you could tell these two won't make good roommates. They probably wouldn't. I don't know what they would be like as parents, but they they couldn't really function, you know, just as a couple, you know, let alone. So, so
1: I have to tell you, not a lot of rom-coms do people in their, you know, forties. Um, yeah. This is a story of people in their forties because obviously they met twenty years ago, so they're well into their forties. They're they, you know, son is old. Son is thirteen, and after the one night stand, they moved on with their lives. But uh, apparently, they've held a torch for each other, but they don't name it, right? Yeah. Uh, so what I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely loved about the movie was that there is no no chemistry between the two because they're never in the same on the same. You know, they're not ninety-nine percent of the movie. there are. They're are on two different coasts, and yep. they they're doing their own stuff. Um, Ashton Kutcher is taking care of the kid. Uh, his his character is Peter, and he's taking care of the kid. And she is going to school, and over there she meets people, and she has her own love life going on with those people. So it's a very improbable, fast get together in the last five minutes kind of a movie.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. very weird. You know this. I don't think this plot yeah. would ever really be a real scenario um in the real i mean most rom-coms aren't necessarily those real type of scenarios but you know we're talking about you know here um a situation in which not only do these two never see each other in person but then this guy goes and takes care of a 13 year old kid for a week she goes to new york and has fun while she's in school it's a it's very interesting Interesting. And like you said, the chemistry between them is, I, I would honestly say, just kind of awkward, like, um, which makes it kind of funny to watch. Um, but yeah, I mean, as you said, there isn't, you know, real chemistry um, in between them. But as you guys know, this is a rom-com. So you can imagine what probably is going to end up happening there in the end. And if you're really curious on how that actually ends up happening, I would head over to Netflix and give this a check. You know, it's just really interesting to see both um actors, you know, kind of what some people would say out of their prime Ashton Kutcher is no longer his that 70s show self and and all those oh, um, other types of rom-coms but you know TV what he still he cool. still rocks the screen he still looks uh, you know for there, early there's on there's a point in
1: time in the movie I thought Reese Witherspoon brought it brought in her entire Reese's Both book club conversation and was, you know if you don't know um, she runs something called Reese's book club and she she recommends books to all her members all the time. And, you know, there's this entire story of her meeting with a uh, with a publisher and then she's read, she's so crazy about reading books that she's read, even the books that they didn't sell. Like the guy said he, he sold one copy of the book and she said she'd read it. So yeah. you can only imagine, you know, how she how she vehemently p- puts in her marketing um, two tones there. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael, I thought, uh, I don't know about you, but I thought I missed the spark totally, uh, you know, I wish, they would, they, would they, they could cast Mila Kunis yeah with Ashen culture because nobody can beat their chemistry really
0: it, it, it's it's just a weird one you know I think these two are very good at their jobs and you know if they could have you know cooked up a rom-com in which would have allowed them to actually be in the same frame together for most of the movie I think it could have been a little different you know I I wouldn't underestimate what well, both of these uh actors can do you know when they are in their 40s you know and not in their 20s i definitely uh, think you know we're, uh, we're
1: totally happy with watching mature mature rom definitely but you don't have to take a story and just square a circle for our benefit and i thought that's what they were doing and the ai glow that they have to the faces is
0: yeah yeah exactly and you know that that piece of technology is getting better and better um so it's gonna be very interesting to see here in the and, next and, few and years. by
1: the way we forgot to tell our viewers and listeners why we ended up reviewing it in the first place and we, re, we actually reviewed it because the music is by Siddharth Koslav. who is a daisy so yep. there we go
0: yep and we're gonna wrap up the a review here. We hope you guys enjoyed our show. We give you guys the best reviews every week. You know, just as a little recap, we had five different reviews that we went over. We went over farzi which was on Amazon Prime. Shiv Shastri Balboa, The Rocky Balboa. You know, type of um you know little twist out in theaters. Go pack the theaters. They they need all they need all the support. We read Veda, which was on Z five. Then we talked the, about, you know, a little bit of extra reviews that we threw in there. Everything Everywhere All at Once and Your Place or Mine, Prime Video Netflix, respectfully. I highly recommend you guys go read our reviews. Go check out Basies.Live um, to be able to read all the reviews before this show comes out. You know, we try and give give you the review so you don't have to watch it. But highly recommend that you guys uh, go watch, see what you think for yourselves and let us know. We read all your comments. We read all uh, everything. So, Hit our Twitter, Stacy Live uh, on Twitter, Stacey's Live on Instagram. But until then, we are signing off.